really need to tell better stories instead of complaining about it, right? What if we right. just start telling the stories and really flood the airwaves with something different? All right, welcome back to the podcast. I have no idea what episode this is, 53 or 4, something like that. I cannot believe we are at 50 plus episodes and I'm just excited about some of the new things that are coming down the down the road. Um, we're going to spend the month of November focusing on preaching, so I'm excited about that. I already have one episode recorded with Marlene Webster, and she was on the podcast two years ago. I can't believe it's been two years already. And um, we talked about her story. Uh, At that time, she was running for county commissioner. So since then, she's been elected. She's up for re-election. Although, uh, as she shares, you'll hear in the episode, she's running unopposed. So I guess that means she's a shoo-in. Uh, and, but we spend the episode talking about preaching using the lectionary and she has found a way to actually make sermon series out of using, while using the lectionary format still. So we're going to talk about, uh, how she does that, give you some tips on it. And I wanted to spend the month sharing, uh, some of those tips, techniques of preaching I'm going to talk about putting together a preaching plan. I like to plan six to 12 months out. And some people don't plan out that far. We'll talk, we'll talk about that. Resources that you can use for preaching. Uh, where do you start with preaching, right? Uh, in just writing your sermons. Uh, talk a little bit about delivery style, technique, and then, you know, now that we are finding ourselves in a completely new season, a lot of us are preaching online, some of us aren't even gathering together yet in person, so we're preaching to a camera uh, most weeks, and that begins to change some of the dynamics, so we're going to work through some of those things, how is it changing the dynamics, you know, shifting the way that we present, what we present, uh, and then just challenges I've experienced this year with preaching as well as some uh, some of my guests who are going to be on the podcast. So that is going to be exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. And here's what I need from you. I really want audience participation. So you have, if you have questions or comments, uh, I would love to address them. And you can do this a couple of ways. You can send me a message. So connect with me through social media. Best way is either go, go to the website. Uh, there's, I think there's a contact form on there. So send me a message that way. Or just DM me either on Instagram or Facebook. And I will get the message. You can also send me a voice message. I know that Facebook has a a way to send a voice message if you want to do it that way. That would be really cool because then I can actually plug you reading the question to me into the episode. I would love to have it, have that. And then next week, uh, November 5th and 6th, I am doing a virtual preaching lab. And I've done this with my staff before. Now when we did it, it was was three hours, Um, but we 
we worked through a lot of detail. I'm going to condense it down to 90 minutes. So it's a, it's, this is free. And you just bring a passage of scripture that you've been wanting to use for a sermon. Um, you just you just need to register. So you need to go to the website. I'll put a link in the show notes here because I'm not just going to post my Zoom link out there for the entire world. I have made that mistake. I'm not doing that again. So you need to register so that I can send you the Zoom link. Uh, I promise this will be uh, just it'll just be great. Uh, if nothing else, I mean, even if you've been preaching for a while, uh, we just we learn from one another when we're together, and so you'll you're going to learn from me, from the other people who show up as well. Uh, give you a chance to try some new things. If you haven't been preaching for a long time, or um, like when I was on staff, I was you know my preaching was very sporadic. There was I was on a multi-staff in my previous assignment. And so, you know, if I was lucky, I might've preached four or five times a year. And then maybe I taught some Sunday school classes. And so I didn't get to, I didn't get that much experience. And so this is going to give you an opportunity to work through how you write your sermons, how you get your material, how you process what the spirit is trying to say to you and reveal to you as you study the scriptures. I think it'll be very valuable. Uh, so, hey, and if you know anybody who's on staff uh, with me, you can ask them how it was when they went through it. <laughs> they can give you their own attest their own testimony. Um, I know we have a lot of new listeners, and so I wanted to, and it's been two years since I talked about why I started this podcast. So that's what I want to talk about today, why I started it, why I'm doing it. And, you know, 2020, the podcast has morphed a little bit. Uh, You know, we went into lockdown in March and I, I, I kind of used it as mental health therapy, getting on here and just talking about my own experience as I was trying to pastor a small church through a pandemic. And and so out of that has come some uh, shift, a shift in the podcast a little bit. So when I first started it, it, it was really kind of birthed out of frustration that had built up, which is, that seems the way that seems to be the way that the spirit likes to move me or get me to move, I should say. Uh, he knows he has to really shake the ground that's underneath my feet if he wants to get me to move because I really like what I know. And you're probably the same way, right? Some of us can stay in one place a lot longer than others. Some of us get restless more quickly. Uh, And so God usually has to really shake the ground underneath my feet. And I kept hearing story after story after story of young gals who were sensing a call to ministry and one of the biggest hindrances were actually the saints uh, can I use air quotes with that the saints in their church so these were these were gals who were growing up in a church uh, they had a church background in denominations that had been ordaining women for decades. 
in, in the case of my denomination since 1908, since before we had the right to vote. And here they were in the 21st century. They were questioning if it was all right, if God approved, which is fascinating because if God's calling you, uh, it seems like he would approve. Um, they just had never seen the scriptural evidence of it, uh, I, I guess. They'd never seen other women preach, apparently. And and so that was becoming a stumbling block for them. And it was frustrating knowing that we need women's voices now more than ever. We need women and men working together, serving alongside one another, uh, furthering the kingdom now more than ever. And yet we have taken 50% of the church and put them on the bench. And so I started thinking, you know, what did Jesus do when he wanted to change people's minds? Uh, he told stories. And I'm not really sure that one more theology book explaining the cultural context and the Greek and Hebrew of different passages is really going to change anybody's mind. I'm glad to, I'm reading this book right now. Uh, thank you to my friend, Daryl Harvey, for the recommendation uh, called Failure of Nerve. And one of the things he actually says in there uh, is a... He's a rabbi who's also a sociologist and a psychologist. He says, it is not logic and reason that changes us. That it has to get down to the core of our emotions in order to get us, in order to get us to change directions, in order to have some major shifts in the way that we live, in the way that we think, in the way that we believe, um, and he, and he was talking about everything from addiction, right, to how we spend our money, uh, to cultural norms. When I was when I'm reading this book, as I'm reading this book, I think, man, how brilliant Jesus was to tell stories. Now, that seems like an understatement. I mean, he is the Son of God, uh, but just brilliant that he knew. Uh, it was that's what it was going to take, and Jesus just told story after story after story. And so my original intent was to start telling stories. Uh, I know so many women who are doing uh, amazing things. Influ they are influencing the kingdom at, at grassroots levels, right where they are. Not just women, but also men. I think. We, you know, because of our, our culture and our society, you know, we think bigger is better, right? And yet, ironically, uh, the denomination that I'm a part actually started with the idea of we can make a difference by having a lot of small congregations influencing their communities right where they live, right? Of course, it's also what Jesus did and the disciples did, if you read through the book of Acts, small groups of people influencing their culture, but just multiplying and multiplying and increasing. 
And so there are men and women that have incredible ministries that are just powerfully influencing their communities. Uh, but we don't hear those stories. We don't hear those stories. Um, they have to be grandiose in order for us to hear them or to take notice of them or for people to want to pass those stories along. And yet, really, it's those smaller uh, movements that change community at, at the heart of it, at the heart of it. So I wanted to tell those stories. That was one of the reasons for the podcast. Um, I wanted us to recognize this need for men and women to be working together now. Uh, I also really wanted to encourage women to begin taking initiative. Part of my hope was that as women who were sensing a call to ministry, or maybe they were newer pastors, but they were frustrated and you know trying to figure out what was next, to encourage them to take initiative. I see so many women who are just gifted. They've got natural abilities, but they also have grace. Uh, they have talents. They have grit, right? And yet I see them sitting on the bench and waiting for an invitation. They're waiting for someone to say, to, to invite them to come and sit at the table rather than just pulling up a chair and sitting at the table. Now, look, if, if you're a woman listening to this right now, I, I get it. Let me tell you, I understand that um, the good old boys club is still alive and well. <laughs> it, it really is. But that's still not an excuse for us to fail in taking an initiative. I mean, we, have, there's, we all have something we can do. We all can play a role. And sometimes the people around you are just waiting for somebody to step up and say, okay, I'm going to do this. Um, I mean, I got so frustrated during COVID. I'm like, I cannot sit here. Because, you know, here's the thing, right, about COVID in this year. So maybe you haven't found experienced this yet. I have experienced it. I know I'm not alone. But most of the things about what I do, most of the pieces that are life-giving have especially in the early days, uh, first six months of this year, have been stripped away. And the things that are just soul-sucking, they like multiplied by 10. Uh, like I, I just got to a point where I'm like, I can't. Well, I, I can't. And as a friend of mine says, I won't. I will not. If I have to do this much longer, I'm going to take a fork and stab myself in the eye with it. I mean, it would be less painful. Uh, and so finally, I'm just like, I got to do something that's life-giving. And so I got my staff together and I said, we are starting a dinner church. Yes, in the middle of a pandemic, I don't care. We are going to do something because I need something to be birthed here this year that is life-giving. So I don't know what it's going to take for you. Maybe... My hope is maybe this podcast, hearing these stories, um, be, maybe being challenged in some of the episodes 
will will fire you up to stand up, take initiative, pull the seat up at the table, pick up that phone, call somebody and say, hey, this is what I want to do. My guess is they're probably willing to let you do it. They're just waiting for somebody to, they're like, they're just waiting for somebody else to be like, hey, raise their hand, say, I will do it. You know, uh, sometimes people in my congregation come to me and they're like, hey, we should do this. And, and I'm like, that's, that sounds like a great idea. Go for it. Because I don't have the energy to do what God's calling you to do. You have the energy to do what God's calling you to do, right? So I'm not going to do your stuff, just like I don't expect you to do my stuff. And some of us are sitting around and God has put some stuff on our hearts and we're waiting for somebody else to do it or for somebody else to invite us to do it. But you know what? They don't know that God has put this on your heart. They don't know. I'll tell you what I've told my staff. I am not a mind reader. Uh, I'm pretty intuitive, but I'm not a mind reader. Uh, And so you're just going to have to come out and you're just going to have to tell me. Uh, If you're going to go off and complain about it, you know, and you haven't told anyone else, or if you haven't shared it, you you don't have a right to complain. Uh, So, as I say in the beginning of the episode, instead of just complaining about it, why don't we flood the airwaves with something different? Uh, last reason for doing this podcast. Well, I had this reason before, before I even started the podcast. Um, you know, I really stumbled my way through this whole process of being ordained. I didn't grow up in the church and, and the little bit of faith background that I had was the Catholic Church. Well, that's its whole th- other thing. The Protestants do everything completely different than the Catholics, okay? So it never even occurred to me, like I, I, I didn't know what this would even look like. Uh, probably if somebody had asked me, I, I don't know, priests and nuns go to school somewhere and then they become a priest and a nun, but I had no idea what was involved, how that started. And frankly, by the time I became a Christian, I was already married. Um, I think early on, I sensed that God was calling me to ordained ministry, but I I didn't know, I didn't have language to articulate it. So I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what was happening in my spirit to be able to articulate that that's what was happening. So I just kept trying things that would satisfy whatever this thing was that God was doing in me. Um, so one of the things I did was I just, one day I got on the phone and I, this is pre-cell phone, okay. So I got on the phone because I'm a new Christian. Like I've been a Christian like maybe, I don't know, two years. And I just started calling everybody in my phone book, in my address book. And I'm like, Okay, I want to study the Bible, and I'm going to do it on Tuesday nights in my living room. Would you be interested in doing something like this too? And so a couple weeks later, I had like eight women. We decided we were going to start study the Bible together. Now, I didn't know anything. Like I've barely been reading the Bible. I've 
I mean, I've been a Christian for a couple of years. So I went to, this is going to tell you how long ago it was. For those of you who are in the area, I went to Dixon's Bookstore. Okay. They don't even exist anymore. Dixon's was bought out by Family Christian Bookstore. And I don't know if Family Christian Bookstore even has any brick and, brick and mortar stores anymore. I think they're completely online. And they may have even been bought out by somebody else. I don't know anymore. But I went to Dixon's Bookstore. And so I'm like, said to the lady at the counter, hey, do you sell Bible studies? That's got to be the funniest and most ridiculous, but also, to me, now looking back, I just think that's hilarious. But what's even more hilarious is that she kind of looked at me, like screwed up her face, and she's like, they're over there. Like, okay, customer service 101. If somebody comes in and asks you if you sell Bible studies, they've probably never been in your store before. Also, probably a new Christian. Yeah. You know, also, uh, customer service 101, you could probably sell them a whole lot of stuff if you paid attention and you smiled and you were just really nice and offered to help them. So I went over to this section for Bible studies, which is massive, first of all. Uh, I'm like, oh my word, there's racks and racks and racks and racks of Bible studies. I'm not going to get even get into the VHS ones, okay? So definitely dating myself here. They had, There were some Bible studies that had on the front of it beginner, intermediate, and advanced. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go with this series because I definitely need beginner. Uh, so yeah. Uh, also, I kept looking in the back of the Bible study to see if the answers were in the back, you know, like in your math book or in your social studies book in when you were in school and like they'd give you the answers to every other question in the back. So you kind of knew if you were on track, the Bible studies did not have the answers in the back. So I'm like, I am really in trouble. I'm going to be leading a Bible study. I don't know. I don't know even how to find the answers. Like, let me just tell you that sometimes you just have to look like an idiot for Jesus. It's okay. It is okay. You let me I'm here to tell you all these years later, I have survived. I have survived the humiliation of having eight women uh, leading them in a Bible study when I'm trying to figure out why there are no answers in the back of the book. So you too can be a pastor. So I ended up eventually, I was still in the Catholic Church. I was in the Catholic Church for four years, four and a half years, about as a born-again Christian, right? I was a believer. And I feel like I need to make that clear because a lot of, I mean, I hear a lot of Protestants be like, you know, Catholics aren't real Christians. Excuse me. Yes, I was. I had a very distinct encounter with Christ came into a relationship, saving faith with Christ, and was growing in leaps and bounds for four years in the Catholic Church. There are Catholics who love Jesus. They, they really are. I just feel like I need to help my, my Catholic brothers and sisters out right now and say that. Okay, so when I came into the Protestant Church, all of a sudden I started serving in lay leadership. And so I did that for 
I did that for maybe a couple of years and it really helped satisfy some of the stuff that the spirit was doing in me. I'm like, oh, this, this is, this is what it is. And I began to articulate the stirrings of the spirit in this way. And then after a couple of years, I'm like, nope, it's something different. There's some, this, yes, this is, it kind of feels like right with what the spirit is calling me to do, but I still didn't have that language. And some of it was still not understanding that women could be ordained or even knowing what that meant uh, in this idea of pastoral ministry being ordained, vocational ministry. And, and so as I began to explore that, I realized, yes, this this is what the Spirit was calling me to. And so I started to uh, express that, but I this whole process was so foreign that I didn't even really know where to start. So like for me... I just was standing in the in the hallway one Sunday with my friend who was in Bible study with me. And I was trying to articulate this thing that God was doing. Um, and she, which, which is when she said to me, well, you know, the Church of the Nazarene ordains women. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, but even that, the process was very, um, I just felt like I was constantly tripping over my own feet. Who do I talk to next? How do we? How do I find out about this? I, what do you, I don't understand these steps in licensing. Um, I don't understand this course of study versus going to seminary, versus going to Bible school, versus uh, internship. Like all of those pieces, board of ministry. Um, none of that made sense. I didn't understand it. Uh, I mean, they might as well have been speaking in Chinese or Spanish or Polish. It wouldn't have mattered. I didn't understand it. And so part of wanting to do this podcast is being able to help those who are coming behind me who are, who are also in that place of, I don't know what I do next. Can I do that? Am I jumping too far ahead? Am I going too fast? Am I going too slow? And so I really want to spend this next year doing some of those things, which of course makes this podcast ultra niche or niche or whatever, uh, makes it ultra niche. Like when I first started, I thought, oh, I'll just start with some stories of people I know who are in my denomination. And then I'll, I'll move out a little bit further and maybe I'll bring in some other people, uh, women from other denominations and people who have a little bit larger or more visible platforms. Uh, and yet God just keeps kind of pushing me back uh, into Nazarendom, I guess. Is that, is that what we're, we're calling it now? Uh, and so here I am, and I guess we're going to do this. Um, just going to see what God does and where he takes it. And I'm going to just dig down into some of those some of the process towards ordination. And so I do want to, I do want your feedback on this. Like I said, we are going to talk about preaching in November. In December, I'm going to do a series on grief and self-care for the pastor. Uh, this is something that I have worked really hard on the last couple of years. So we're going to talk about that. And then in January, um, talk about 
maybe some goal setting, new year, you know, all the stuff that you focus on in January. But I want to hear from you. What are some of the places where that trip you up, places where you feel like you're tripping over your own feet? Um, maybe you're already ordained. That's okay. You know, we learn from one another. I fear the day where any of us, but, you know, especially myself, become so complacent that I feel like I never need to learn or that I know it all or that I have it all figured out because I don't. I feel much more confident than I did 16 years ago when I started in my first assignment. Uh, I feel more confident today than I did 10 years ago when I started in this assignment. I feel more confident than I did three years ago in this assignment. I do not feel very confident at all in 2020 um, because I've never been here and there's not a whole lot of other people who have been here either. So we're all figuring it out together. And maybe, maybe that is the blessing of 2020. Maybe we've realized how much we actually need one another. Okay, well... That is all I have for you. Again, I'll put in the show notes some of those links I mentioned. And please, please, please send me your comments, questions, ideas for future episodes. I definitely want to expand uh, some of the direction that we're going. One more reminder, we are now on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Stitcher. So... Please share this with your friends. I'm sure that there are others who uh, need some encouragement, some advice. We can do this. We've got two months left of 2020. You're going to be all right. You're going to make it. And 2021, we're still probably going to be dealing with it, but we can do this. We can do it together.